Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff, like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Hey, By the Book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly By the Book affirmation mini-sode plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Kristen. Yes, Jolenta. Remember when we lived by that book by that really big Harry Potter fan? Ah, yes, we're still getting letters about that episode. The book was The Power of Ritual, and the author was Casper Turkile, I believe. Mm-hmm. And what would you say is the number one issue that is brought up in those letters? Oh, that that one is easy, Jolenta. How can I reconcile loving the Harry Potter universe and hating author J.K. Rowling's stance on trans rights. Exactly. And the question goes beyond J.K. Rowling, too. Listeners have reached out saying they feel conflicted about all sorts of authors, entertainers, directors, politicians, people of all walks of life. (laughs) Well, listeners, today is your lucky day because I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And this is By the Book. That's right. It's time for another Buy the Book bonus episode, our between-seasons treat for your ears. And today, we're diving into the world of artists versus their art, focusing primarily on J.K. Rowling. But first, announcement time. Announcement, announcement, announcement. <laughs> As many of you already may know, we have a new podcast out. Yeah. It is called Romance Road Test. And it's for all of you out there who have ever asked for more Brad and Dean on By the Book. Like, this show is for you. Yes, that's right. There's lots of Brad and Dean packed into every episode of our new show because the new show is all about putting relationship hacks to the test from assembling flat pack furniture to doing each other's personal grooming. That's right. 
our husbands did our makeup. Mm -hmm. We even reenacted our first dates. Brad and Dean do it all with us so you don't have to. Romance Road Test is exclusively available on Audible, and all 16 episodes are out right now, so you can binge it, binge it, binge it. It's a really fun show. We are really proud of it. We're not just saying it's great because we made it, but, like, we are biased. But it was just named a podcast pick of the week by The Guardian, so you know other people like it, too, not just the creators. And those people are real critics at a real newspaper. <laughs> hey Again, that's Romance Road Test exclusively on Audible. Check it out. And if you want a sneak peek, listen to the episode we dropped into the Buy the Book feed just a couple weeks ago. The first episode is there. Check out audible.com slash romance road test. And now that that announcement is over, let's get this bonus episode started with the one. The only, the incredibly cool, incredibly funny, James Barr. Indeed, James Barr, as many of you know, was my co-host on When Meghan Met Harry, the podcast that followed Prince Harry and Meghan Markle from engagement to wedding day back in 2017 and 2018. James is also the co-host of the podcast, A Gay and a Non-Gay. He's a comedian. He's a storyteller. He's a TV and radio presenter. He's a columnist for Attitude Magazine. He does a million things. And, of course, he is an outspoken opponent of conversion therapy. James, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> now, James, you on your show, Again and On Gay, you and your co-host Dan Hudson have talked a little bit about the kerfuffle, if you will, about J.K. Rowling, her stance on trans rights and so on, um, or against trans rights, I should say. I'm curious, first and foremost, tell us, were you a fan of Harry Potter and the whole Harry Potter universe growing up? I love that you called it a kerfuffle. I would definitely use a different, stronger word. Um, I, yes, definitely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I loved it. I was late. I was late to the party, I suppose. I sort of got into it when the film started coming out. Um, and then I started reading the books. And I was. It was a, you know, it's a beautiful story about a, pe a bunch of oppressed people um, finding themselves in the world. So it's a really important story that should continue to exist, despite what the author's written. It's almost like she didn't write it. <laughs> and there's a conspiracy right? theory that that's actually <laughs> yeah. true. Oh, I love a conspiracy theory. Yeah, well, I think it's that, do you know the conspiracy theory? It's, that it's like a group of, um, of other people that all wrote it together. Ooh. And that they just used that name. And she's just a random woman. But, you know, uh, who knows? Well, I'm sure that's well, not true. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I saw that conspiracy theory on TikTok, so it probably is true. I mean, most of the things I see on TikTok end up being true, so. <laughs> <laughs> Back to JK, though, shall we? How was your fanship affected when JK Rowling began speaking out pretty blatantly against trans rights? I think the thing is, like, we, we like trusted her right, right. and welcomed her into our community i was going through some of my old tweets recently i even tweeted her calling her mom at one point mm. i was like mm. calling her an ally and it's just laughable now really because she i feel was part of the lgbtq plus universe just because those stories are so inherently queer mm. um and there was the whole dumbledore is gay thing right. so it was really surprising that J.K. Rowling came through with all of this sort of anti-trans rhetoric and I would say unnecessarily attacked a really oppressed minority of people that are unprotected at large and whose 
life expectancy is over half less mm-hmm. than everybody else on this planet. And it's just, it's so unfair. And, you know, she's very educated and she's very intelligent. And so it's quite difficult to argue with her, which is what makes it so violently distressing. Um, I have to like sit on a thesaurus for half an hour if I, if I want to try and reply. Mm, <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and it's not fair. It's not fair because she uses, you know, a small amount of examples to portray her opinion. Mm. And it just, it makes me so sad. And obviously I hated the I stand with JK Rowling movement on Twitter. Right. Um, and I just think actually... Kristen was saying this to me. She's a fiction author, right? She writes fiction. And so maybe we should think of her tweets as fiction as well. <laughs> I didn't really say that, James. You said that. I mean, you wrote it in the prep, so I'm going to take uh, it. You know where I got that from? <laughs> Listening to you on a gay and a non-gay. You said that. No, you didn't. You said that. Did I say you that? You did. I said you that. You said that. That's actually very intelligent That was brilliant of I can't of believe you. I said yeah. that. Yeah, I mean. Wow. Yeah. What a humble moment. Wow. <laughs> Quoting himself just because he was moved oh by God. the words, not because he said it. <laughs> that is so embarrassing to quote oneself. Um, she is a... Fi- yeah, I mean, it's true. She does write fiction and and she continues to. Yeah. Uh, I hate it so much. Yeah. I also think it's kind of ironic that she has a pseudonym as a male author that she sometimes writes with. I mean, that is... Very confusing. And I've seen a lot of people joke about that online, but there's something kind of dark about that, that she felt as though she needed to almost transition into a different voice to be able to write or or achieve success Mm -hmm. through a male gaze. That's very concerning to me. It just says a lot about her relationship with gender and how confused she is, I think. When it's convenient for her, it's totally fine, but it's not fine for other people where this is deeply a part of their identity when this is who they oh, are. Oh, yeah, when she's making millions of pounds, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, right, of course. But it's not fine for someone who... who whose life depends on it, yeah. Whose life depends on it. That's a great way of putting it. Now, James, uh, it's not just you and your co-host, Dan Hudson, who've talked about J.K. Rowling over the years on A Gay and a Non-Gay. You've also had other Harry Potter fans on your show, one of the most notable, Chaz Bono, As most of us know, Chaz is the son of Jolenta's idol, Cher. And when you talked with Chaz, what was his take on J.K. Rowling being such a huge fan? Chaz was, uh, that was a really powerful interview. Um, Chaz has Harry Potter tattoos. Mm. So to him, I think he felt like it was even more, well, obviously as a trans person, but as also a fan of the Harry Potter universe, it was a very deeply personal attack. And I... I would be misquoting Chaz, but it's very much the same as we all feel. He feels as though this is a story that helped him come to terms with who he is through its storytelling. And now the author of that has in turn attacked him and his community, or more so trans women than Chaz um, himself. And I just think that must be so confusing. And I think he's found it very difficult to to deal with that i i think he's keeping the tattoos i think Mm -hmm. he's found a way of separating the artist from the art but that isn't easy really that's not easy at all and i think in general that's a really big conversation like do we cancel these books do we cancel 
the films like so many people that aren't transphobic have worked on those do you can you just cancel all of it for one person i i don't know how i feel really but in terms of chaz i think that i think his message was really important because there's a harry potter fan that is a trans man strongly disagreeing with Mm -hmm. her viewpoint and calling her out for it yeah that's all you can do We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we are going to continue this very, very interesting conversation with James Barr. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff, like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. We are back with our very special guest, James Barr, and our conversation about when our favorite public figures disseminate hate. James, one of your guests on A Gay and a Non-Gay knows a lot about hate. Christian Picciolini is a former neo-Nazi who now works to disengage people from hate movements. What advice did he give you for dealing with people who have hateful viewpoints? Yeah, I mean, he is a very... A very interesting man. Check out our interview with him on a gay and a non-gay. And um, I learned a lot from Christian. I've learned so much from all of the different guests that we've had um, on on our show. And Christian in particular talks about how when we're dealing with hate, the sort of the right thing to do is to not really engage. He says, like, you can't win an illogical debate Mm. with an illogical person. And I think I've really taken that on board. As in, like, if someone is spouting hatred, there's not really anything you can do to fight that because they're already so broken that it's just like it's just not going to go in, and it's kind of a waste of your energy, and you've got to protect yourself. Um, Christian talks about the motivations of people attacking minorities and says that they're not really ideological; they're based on a sort of self hatred mm. for the most part, and that even though it can feel counterintuitive to listen. It's a powerful first step towards drawing them out of hate to to listen to what they're saying, to try and understand their own self-hate. Um, but then he also said, you know, it's no one's job to engage directly with people who hate them. Mm-hmm. And I think that is why allies like non-gay in my podcast, Dan Hudson, and like you guys, um, by having me on here, they're so important we, and, and even me, I'm as a gay man, I'm an ally to trans people, I hope, or I'm trying to be as best I can. Mm-hmm. And allies are so much more important because we have more energy to reply to these people because it's not about us. It's not such a personal right. 
attack. Now, obviously, being a member of the queer community, it does feel personal, but I'm not a trans person. So it's easier for me, maybe, to step up and try to shout these people down. Um, but again, as Christian sort of pointed out, you can't really win in a sort of illogical debate with someone that just doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. Right. And that's why it's, I suppose, so important for the rest of us to have conversations behind their back. Like this one. <laughs> exactly. so should be listening to it. Or again, like you said, <laughs> allies. Like sometimes it's also easier for the person spewing hate to listen to someone that they think looks more like them or is coming from a background like theirs, as opposed to yeah. someone who who is so different from them, they scare them and they react with hate. It's like, yeah, often allies have an easier time getting through too these people right i mean i'm so i'm doing a new edinburgh show this summer mm -hmm. in in the uk in august it's a fringe festival and i do stand up and so i've been writing it for about six months now and i wanted to speak out against jk rowling and dave chappelle and the, the transphobes of the world um and i'm so scared to do that because I, it's not necessarily my journey but it is my place as an ally to say something especially as a comedian and when you have that opportunity in front of people you should take it um and this weekend i was doing a preview of my show and um i won't ruin the joke but you know i may have called jk rowling a pretty offensive word mm. and this older lady from the audience said that she'd enjoyed my show but she didn't think that I should have said that about J.K. Rowling because um, J.K. Rowling uh, deserved better. And she said it wasn't even a joke, like it's not a punchline just to say that word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was with her at this point, but then she said, you shouldn't just attack someone like that. And so I snapped Ooh. and I was like, yeah, you're right. Because J.K. Rowling would never just attack anybody unprovoked either, would she? Ooh. And then she stormed off. And it's like, cool. You know, you want to have that conversation with me, but you don't want to have that conversation with me because on some level, you know, I've got a point. And sure, there might be some things J.K. Rowling said that this woman doesn't agree with. But either way, well, all of our voices should be heard. Um, but mine's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, what you're saying about allies speaking up is so important. When you said it's not your fight, but it's still something you need to speak up on. If everybody just stayed silent when it wasn't their fight, women couldn't vote. You know, I mean, th th there are a million rights that we wouldn't have, and that's why certain rights are being chipped away at, too. It's because we need everybody to speak up who can help, even if it's, quote, unquote, not their fight. Because in the end, it's, it is our fight. It's always our fight if it's hurting other people, right? It is, actually, yeah. And um, we interviewed Peter Tatchell recently on our podcast. He is, um, he's been like an activist in the UK for 50 years. He got beat up by Robert Mugabe's thugs. He's like been arrested in Russia. Um, and he said, all streams make a mighty river for LGBTQ plus freedom. And so everyone who's an ally stepping up and saying things for women or for black people, people that are underrepresented, like even if it's not your story, like by stepping up, you are, you're contributing to that river of equality that we all deserve. Snaps to that. <laughs> now, I want to go back to your guest, Christian, again, that you had on the show, because he was so fascinating to me, coming from a background where he was a neo-Nazi, and he spoke very honestly about some of the horrific, violent things he did. 
in his life and about how he tries to just connect himself with people's humanity, how what got him out of white supremacy and hate and the neo-Nazi movement, what got him out of that was being able to see people's humanity because he wasn't seeing other people as human. And he said a lot of other great things too. Everyone should really go and listen to that episode of A Gay and a Non-Gay with Christian on it. But did Christian's advice change your approach to J.K. Rowling and how you think of her and how you criticize or don't criticize her in certain situations? Yeah, definitely. Because he talks a lot about how self-hatred can often be used to attack other people. So mm. in, in my instance, I suppose my internalized homophobia and shame for being a gay man when I was younger and probably still to this day makes me a little bitchy towards people because I that are gay because I sort of hate myself. So I can also then accidentally hate another gay person if they're too camp or if I do something too camp like flick my wrist I can be like Ugh, what am I doing that's far too camp rather than just accepting who I am and I think that we all have a bit of self-hate um, and that can sometimes perpetuate and it, and in her case yeah listening to Christian talk it made me very clearly see that JK Rowling obviously has a lot of self-hate and I, I think probably that has built up through years of having an abusive partner now that's not excusing it and you should never project your own problems onto other people, ever. You should deal with them yourself. And what I find most upsetting about it is that the person that, that had, you know, abused her so wrongly is a man, not a trans woman. Mm -hmm. And so she's like misfiring totally. on such a huge level. And actually the real problem is men and that's not all men obviously right. some Misogyny. men are incredible yeah. but the patriarchy is sort of based on men and if you go back to the bible it was all about men so really the problem is not trans women the problem is men and instead and misogyny and instead she's attacking a very small group of women i don't understand how that can i don't understand how that can present itself to be honest i think that is just such ludicrous such a ludicrous misunderstanding on her part um and it's just it's really sad and i don't know it did i suppose speaking to christian does make me think maybe one day she might change her mind um it, he's gone from being a neo-nazi to a person who fights hate and and speaks so passionately about that so maybe jk can do the same we'll see but it's hard to know how to fight back against her so that she doesn't continue to hate us. Mm. Maybe calling her a C word in my show isn't the right <laughs> plan. <laughs> Depends on the context. <laughs> well, you know, a privileged, rich celebrity attacking a vulnerable minority. I, I think mean, Google would bring that word up. I'm not not feeling it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's like instead of turning your anger into something productive or even just pointing it in the right direction. You're pointing it at like the most disenfranchised group of people that have nothing to do with it. It's often the same with, um, I think with gay people or homophobic people, a, a lot of the time there's a suggestion that most homophobic people are actually gay themselves, but they, they can't deal with their own feelings. And 
Totally. We've seen that time and time again. How many gay conversion therapists have come out and said, yeah. oh, actually, you know what? I was wrong and I, I am gay. Like, yeah, cool. No shit. We all knew that. Um, and this is the same situation. Right. And with Christian, he describes so eloquently like people have people that turn to hate often have what he calls a pothole. And that is, I think that's a really good analogy. And it's like if, if they're missing something and they hate themselves for some reason, they've got mm. like a hole, mm. they fill it with hate and they should be filling it with love. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's so well mm. put. So let's let's take things broader, or I guess keep things broad, because Kristen and I have talked on the show a bit about this before, which is separating the artist from the art, you know? Sometimes we're able to do it, which are the cases, when aren't we able to do it, when, like, shouldn't we do it? Like, where do you stand on separating problematic artists from their art? I think as I sort of touched on, I feel like we can't really cancel the entire JK Rowling universe mm -hmm. because it employs so many people that have worked so hard from like people working in arts, like illustration, um, editors, movie directors, actors, shout out to Emma Watson. Thank you for being an ally. Mm. Um, it's difficult to just go, okay, you know what? I'm not watching any of it anymore. I'm not engaging with it. Having said that, I think it's probably a personal decision. Like I haven't watched the new Fantastic Beasts film. I don't really feel comfortable mm -hmm. watching it. I sort of wanted to, but I'll just I'll probably wait until it's on a streaming service and then just like watch it in the background. But I don't feel right going to the cinema to see it. But then I also don't think don't feel right cancelling it altogether. Right. So it's um it's a really tough one. When it comes to someone more like Michael Jackson, if if you want to go there, yeah. um, I feel deeply uncomfortable listening to Michael Jackson or engaging with, say, Thriller the Musical, I think that's because those stories have touched me more personally mm -hmm. because of my history. And maybe that's the key to sort of deciding this. It's like, is it a personal decision? We can't all collectively cancel one person, but we can make our own mind up based on our experiences and how the things we've learned about these artists affect us. Yeah. And I mean... I, I would never want to tell someone else, you absolutely have to consume this. You absolutely have to cancel this. You are a bad person if you enjoy this. You're a good person if you don't enjoy this. I mean, I, I just think that there's so much nuance to all of this. And none of these things exist in a vacuum. There are, as you right. said, James, the thousands, if not tens of thousands of people who are involved in making these products or who are part of the fan community. And the fan community around Harry Potter includes, you know, not just the people who hashtag I stand with J.K. Rowling, but it includes lots of people like Chaz Bono, too, who's been very vocal about his journey and about trans rights. So, so many of the fans are so great. So to cancel the fanship or to cancel mm -hmm. this or that, it's a much bigger question than is it the artist or is it the art? Because it's a lot of things mixed together. Yeah, it's it's tough because and Kristen, even you and I have talked about this before, where you're like, I've done work that's associated with people that like we're predators. Yeah, we terrible you want to cancel, you want to turn off, but there are things you are proud of, and it's just like uh, I wish they wouldn't even make us have to ask these questions. But this is the thing, and actually, I was just going to say, I think not everyone is obviously no one is perfect at all but there's a line isn't there like we we should all be a vegan really we know we should all be vegans but 
we're not. And that's probably okay. But crossing the line and being a, a predator or a transphobe or attacking a group of people, that feels like something to consider about a person. Mm-hmm. All right. We are going to take one more quick break, but when we're back, we have one last question for James. Stay with us. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. All right, we are back. And we have one last question for our amazing guest, James Barr. James, do you think that all of us will eventually be seen as problematic? Because our world will get better and, like, more equitable, hopefully. And, like, maybe everything we're saying right now is going to come across as, like, super antiquated and awful. Like, this whole conversation they're going to cancel. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're using the internet, right? And I've got a massive light on my face so that you can see me. Yeah. That's such a waste of electricity. And I am contributing to climate change. So I 100% think so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But then there's a net positive, right? Hopefully our words are reaching people. But it's a podcast. I don't need a ring light in my face. <laughs> so, mm. yeah, I do. I do feel like we are all going to be seen as problematic and rightly so because even right now we're probably considering ourselves to be problematic as well like every single day i'm sure we should make if we tallied it up there'd be a lot of problematic things we were all doing right i think so like are we gonna look back and be like oh my god i i drove a car once like <laughs> what right what were we doing like I mean, it's like the good place um, where they tally yeah. up their points and everyone, spoiler alert, turns out to have been terrible. There's no way of winning because... Because some of them did not buy organic tomatoes. Some of them were not, right. you know, uh, using electric vehicles. Some of them were, you know, uh, doing things that uh, they didn't even realize they were doing, like buying products that were uh, assembled by laborers who were not paid well. Things like that. It's like Disney, you know, like they... They are a huge part of my life, really. And yet they are funding or were funding, I'm not sure the latest, um, some of the governors in Florida that have supported this Don't Say Gay bill. And so do we just no longer watch any Disney? Because that's quite problematic. And so it's just, it never ends. And those organic tomatoes you were talking about, you know, how were they shipped to the store you bought mm. them from? Because I'm sure mm. that wasn't organic. Yes. <laughs> so it's nonstop. It's like, it's it's crazy, but there's a line, isn't there, as I said. And so being a transphobe, that's probably worse than... Right, being blatant about it. Than buying some tomatoes shipped from 
the middle of the States to New York. But just to end things on a slightly more upbeat note, I see that as a good thing. If what we're saying now is problematic in 10 years, Mm -hmm. that means we've evolved and become more enlightened and more kind and more equitable as a society. That's what I hope for. Like, I look back on some of the things I said or some of the um, well-intentioned signs that I would carry at protests or that were on my T-shirts when I was a teenager, and I cringe looking at some of those like, oh, my God. Do you remember when mm. every workplace had successories and there were things hanging on walls saying love sees no color? And it's like, oh my God, yes, it does. And what's more important is that hate sees colors. And at the time, oh, that was just a cute thing to have on the wall at the office and or on a t-shirt, love sees no color. And now I feel like because we understand that there's no such thing as colorblindness, that comes off as really bad and antiquated. Like, oh, just be colorblind, everyone. Just be colorblind. And, you know, there's a million other examples I can give just from my own life of, like, well-intentioned, but, oh, my God, I just cringe thinking about it, you know, from five years ago, ten years ago, or maybe even, like, a few weeks ago. I don't know. I'm probably saying things right now that I might regret later on. I don't think you will. I think you're perfect. (laughs) (laughs) You're so sweet, James. Yeah, I'd like to think I was born on the right side of history, but I pray to God I never, like, you know, become a public figure and then have people look through my own tweets. Oh, God, I'm so I don't know what's there. (laughs) Well, as I said, my J.K. Rowling tweets are still there. I need to go delete them, actually. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, no. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, hopefully we're all on the right side of history, but maybe the line will change a bit. I hope it keeps changing. I, Mm -hmm. I do hope so. And like, yeah, I guess it's good that it does change. But that's what's so upsetting. I mean, just taking it off on a very huge tangent, like the Bible was Mm -hmm. written thousands of years ago, right? And at the time, it was the right thing to say historically, politically, it was right. So that's Mm -hmm. what's so annoying with people reading it now and going, oh my God, we should should not allow gay people because the Bible said thousands of years ago that they were wrong. So the Bible must be right. Um, But that's not how you should look at history. You should look at history in its moment and then move forwards in the current moments. If you're listening to this thousands of years from now, um, yeah, we're not the Bible. And we do hope you're listening thousands of years from now. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I I would love that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, James, this has been so wonderful. Thank you for being so generous with us and for sharing of yourself, sharing of your Mm -hmm. viewpoints, sharing great stories from your podcast, A Gay and a Non-Gay. For um, everybody out there who wants to continue to follow everything you do, can you uh, let our listeners know where to find more of you? Yeah, absolutely. If you're coming to Edinburgh this summer to see any comedy, then go to jamesbarcomedy.com. And I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. My handle is at I'm James Barr or just search James Barr. Oh, and again, and on gay can be found at gayandongay.com. <laughs> <laughs> And that is it for this bonus episode of By the Book. Huge, huge thank you, as always, to our amazing production team over at Stitcher, Chantel Holder, Corinne Wallace, and Marcus Hamm. Thank you also to Nate Wida, the composer of our theme song, and to the Rizzos, the performers of our theme song. Please stay in touch. Send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Our email address is kristinandjolenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at By the Book Pod. 
And while we have you here, you're probably listening on your phone. Just look down, hit those little stars that are somewhere in your app that let you rate and review our show. It helps people find the show when you give us a good review. It helps everyone feel good when you give us a good review. (laughs) And tell a friend about the show. Why not? Spread the word. Yes. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalanta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Stitcher. Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And How to Be Fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine.